now a proud partner of the Clydesdale Media. This is the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www type1lifting.com so just check it out if you don't buy anything that's perfectly fine uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have so like I said before www.type1lifting.com and guys I hope you enjoy the show hey guys we have a new sponsor for the type 1 lifting podcast the company's called Liberté Lifestyle so Liberté is a French word meaning freedom and the company was founded on the desire to have freedom to choose what we want to do with our lives. I actually had the owner, um, Nicole, on my podcast on episode 28, so if you want to go back and listen to her, um, she talks about how she started the company and what she wants to do in the future with the company, which is pretty cool. So uh, they actually have knee sleeves, wrist wraps, shirts, shorts. Uh, love the knee sleeves. I have the ice cream knee sleeves, and I love them so much. They haven't the neoprene's still good. Uh, the seams haven't split compared to other uh, knee sleeves that I've had in the past. Uh, and I'm planning to keep these for a very, very long time. So uh, Nicole actually gave me a promo code for you guys too. So it's all capital letters, T-Y-P-E, and the number one. So it's type one. So go to LibertéLifestyle.com. Uh, check out what they have in the store. Use the promo code type one and save some coin. Now let's go to the episode. All right, guys, welcome to a new episode of the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Lennon. I have a very special guest. Uh, she is a CrossFit athlete and was training with Dave Castro a couple weeks ago. Uh, Kelly Clark, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. So we, we actually have a couple things in common. Okay. We like tacos. Yes. <laughs> uh, we both follow the Misfit Athletics Program. Oh, yeah. And uh, we are both master's athletes. But obviously, I'm not <laughs> as fit as you, but I'm a lot older than you, too. So, okay. <laughs> What's a lot? <laughs> uh, I'm 42. So, all right. <laughs> it's up there. So. <laughs> so far up there. Oh, yeah. I, I know. True. True. I, I just, I just feel like I'm so old compared to like the other, like the younger group. So, yeah. I, you know, like I was like, I try to train with like 20 year olds, and it's just like, I don't know if this is even worth it. And I always try to beat them, and it doesn't work. Uh, but oh well, because it doesn't help that I'm six six either. So, oh that yeah, that's a disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I know you talked earlier about podcasts. So have you been on uh, any other podcasts at all? And like, what are you what are your thoughts on like podcasting? Uh yeah, a couple of them. Um, I've been on the uh, Women Make Waves podcast with uh, Lindsay Locke and um Clydesdale podcasts and yeah what do you think about them I, I really like podcasts I'm a huge fan um I listen to podcasts all the time that's how I consume a lot of my education media and updates and and stay current with anything I'm interested in um but I I just really like the long-form conversations um I think that uh like having a real conversation with someone is 
almost becoming a lost art form. Yes. Um, but that's, but I mean, like, that's how you get real information. That's how you learn things. That's how you get to know people on like a deeper level. And I just find like most of our communication these days, very superficial and, mm-hmm. and not really interested in it. So yeah. Uh, yeah, really like the, the podcasting. Yeah. So small, like, like texting people, like they don't want to be talking on the phone at all. They'd rather text. Right. And it's just like, okay. And like, it's, it's crazy. Like all the kids, younger kids are just like so shy. They don't want to talk to people. And even adults oh. too, even I think COVID really put a damper on all that. Totally. Totally. Yeah. My younger brother will not answer phone calls, but if I text him, I get an answer immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, I never, I never, I never got that. And absolutely. And I, I don't understand. So, um, but I kind of want to go talk about like you, um, when you're growing up. So what was, were you pretty athletic growing up at all? Or like, what was your pretty much your childhood like? Yeah, uh, I, I was athletic growing up. Um, my, I'm the oldest of four siblings. Uh, same, and same here. Dad, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a, a, a big crowd, but, and, um, crazy a lot of the time, um, very like barely controlled chaos was sort of my <laughs> childhood. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we were all super high energy kids. My dad was, um, an athlete all his life. My mom ran marathons. My dad did triathlons and wrestling and, uh, marathons and rugby and all the things. Um, and so we were sort of, he didn't really care what we did, but he needed us to be active in some way. So whatever yeah. we were going to do, we were, and all of us, we all had so much energy, honestly, like we needed sports <laughs> just to like keep my parents sane. So yeah. Yeah. we were, usually in like at least two sports at a time. And, you know, like soccer was the big thing in our family. We, you know, we, we all got into soccer where that was like the year round thing. And then we, we tried everything. We did everything. And then, and then we lived, we lived in like, um, we lived in like the, the mountains, um, very few neighbors, little like one lane road. And, um, you know, like we start fighting or, you know, have too much energy for my to handle and we just get kicked outside. And we were like the kids that ran barefoot all over the mountain. And- mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's, that sounds exactly like my family. Like we, we lived on like a really small road and like, like we're in the woods and my mom was just like, had enough of us. She's just like, just go, go in the woods, just, just go. And like, like yeah, it, don't come back till you're tired. Yeah, pretty much. Like don't don't come back till it's like dinner time. Or like yeah. if you if you want lunch, you'll just eat outside and then just go go back out and play again. It, it was exactly like that. But um, it's funny. Our our year, my, my my sister. So I have three younger sisters. So our three like their year round sport was Irish step dancing. Oh dang. Yeah. Like That's my cool. my tradition. Yeah, my my middle sister was like. I think she was like number one in New England for like eight years in a row at the time. And she was like 22nd in the world. Wow. Yeah. And then like, obviously like my younger sister, like stopped doing that and then started doing like horseback riding. And then me was just like football, basketball, look like everything. So, but yeah, like I, like we would go on trips to just for Irish step dancing festivals. That's crazy. That must have been so much fun. Yeah. They were trying to, they were trying to rope me into it to kind of dance with this girl to be like a tag team kind of deal. And I'm like, I, I was like, I I know a couple moves, but I'm like, I'm not, I'm not that good. So I'm like, I only did it for like a week and I'm like, yeah, I can't, I don't know if I can do this. (laughs) That's super cool. Is that a competitive? Oh yes. Very competitive. Like, um, the, the women's dresses, like the, 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 
the skirts and everything, the whole outfit, they, they can be like thousands of dollars. Like, Whoa. I think the one we had for my sister, I think we paid like three grand for Damn. hers. Yeah. And it's like decked out in like Celtic, like, uh, designs and like glitter, all that stuff. And they have to wear these, like the poofy, like, like the river dance movie. I don't know if you've seen it, yeah. but it's like almost think of like the hair like that. And like that kind of dance moves, it's the exact same thing. That's awesome. Do you guys have Irish in your family? Is yep. that, you have yeah. A yeah. Yeah. We're Irish, British and Scottish and that's it. We just kept it on okay. the same Island. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that was the year long thing. And it like, we would go everywhere, like Canada, like New York, like even to California, just to, just for Irish step dancing. And it was just like, I hear me running around trying to figure out what to do. And I'm like, this is boring. Like I, I need to do something. And my dad's like, just, just go, just disappear. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. All right. See you later. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun, but it was, it was interesting kind of seeing that culture and the dancing stuff and like all the sports they do. And, and like to now it's just like, they have, want nothing to do with it. Cause they just got so burnt out with it. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah. That's a bummer. I do see that a lot, but I always wished I could be a dancer. I always, I have a lot of respect for dancers because it's like, like they're athletic and crazy powerful and then somehow also manage to be graceful and beautiful mm -hmm. while they're at it. Yeah. Like it's, it's just a really cool thing to me that I like my body doesn't is not built for. Yeah. <laughs> so. I don't I don't know if I could do one of those high kicks that they do. So I probably yeah. just pull a hamstring. <laughs> right. Right. But, Super um, impressive. yeah. Did you, did you get burnt out? Like growing up, like after like doing so many sports at one time, you're like, okay, I think you need to like take a little breather. Um, I, I did to some extent. Um, I, I didn't necessarily get burnt out of being an athlete. I always loved, I was always just super competitive. Um, and like, I, I think the thing that I got burnt out with is I got hurt a lot when I was a younger athlete. Um, I like sprained my ankles more times than I could count. And I mm -hmm. like, you know, did everything did like ankle surgery and cortisone injections and orthotics and acupuncture and like everything. We did everything. Um, there was like 10 years of, you know, just like playing through pain. Um, and eventually they told me like, all right, you're not going to, you're just not going to be able to play soccer anymore. You're not going to be able to run without pain. So I switched to water polo and, um, in like the, like in high school, I switched to water polo and was, athletic enough to walk onto the Michigan, the university of Michigan's division one water polo team, Yep. not experienced enough to not hurt myself. <laughs> and so, and you know, like very quickly throughout my shoulder and more cortisone injections and just like, and I just, I think I was done after that. I was like, okay, like this is what it means to be an athlete is just to be constantly in pain and just gritting through it and having like someone crack a whip over your head, telling you that you're like not trying hard enough when you're just like in pain all the time. Yep. Yeah. I know the feeling I, I played college football, basketball and lacrosse. And it was just like, all right, I got hurt. I got way, I hurt way too many times with football. And I'm like, yeah. I did two years and I was like, that's, that's it. So, but, um, I do want to let you know, I am a huge university of Michigan fan, by the way. Oh, go blue. Huge Michigan. Like, so, oh, yeah. so backstory with that. Um, I told Paige some ends of this, uh, too, but like, we don't ha really have a big college football, like 
teams in in Massachusetts at the time. So I mean, BC was getting hot, but I was in my 20, like late 20s when that happened. But I watched, I was at a barbershop and I was watching Ohio State, Michigan. And that was when Desmond Howard got ran it for a touchdown and did the Heisman pose at the end zone. And I'm like, Ooh, and then I just got stuck with Michigan and my wife doesn't understand it. She's like, how do you like Michigan? Like you didn't even been, you didn't even go to the school. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if I didn't go to the school. I just like the team. It's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's the experience, like the sports experience at Michigan was insane. It's I, something yeah. to like, still like Michigan football games. It's just like, it's not comparable. I've never been to any sporting event is a professional collegiate otherwise that compares to being at a Michigan game it's mm-hmm. it's just like in a league of its own yeah I've been to the big house once when they were playing Akron on my like my first year anniversary because my wife just took wanted us to take a trip to the big house and I literally just like was in awe the whole time I walked wow. in then walked out to the stadium and I'm like whoa this is like insane and like and they were just playing Akron granted like and they almost lost too but that was that was another story but I was like oh my gosh this is like crazy like how many people are just in this football game and it was yeah I just couldn't I've been to Patriots games and stuff like that but just like that Michigan game was just I would I'll remember for the rest of my life that's not gonna go I'm I still have the tickets from it and that was like almost 12 years ago yeah yeah. And I, I mean, I th- I definitely feel lucky to have been um, a student there. I think the like being in the student section is like, it's such a cool experience. Like they take their job seriously. Like mm-hmm. you are not allowed to like screw around. Like you have a job to do and you better be paying attention to do it when, you know, like they're like all of the cheers and everything, like they're coordinated with what's going on on the field. And like, it's, it's, it's like you are not allowed to sit down for the entire game. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. So um, other than um, your uh, water polo experience, like what has been a pretty cool moment for you and Michigan, you know, athletics is seeing it in person. Yeah. Um, ah, that's a hard one. I mean, like, yeah, being on the water polo team was cool. Um, but I think like one of my favorite things actually, so one of my favorite things is that on game day, um, so there's like, there's like the central campus and then there's like the athletic campus Mm -hmm. and central campus is like the main student center libraries and, you know, um, and then the athletic campus has all of the other athlete dorms and, then, you know, football fields, training centers, all that stuff. Yep. Um, and they're, they're right next to each other. It's a college town. So they just kind of extended to each other, but I lived, um, kind of right in between the two mm-hmm. when I was after my freshman year, like freshman year, you're in the athlete dorms. And then, um, by sophomore year, we were out and we lived like right between the two campuses and on game days, the whole town shuts down, like the streets close down yep. and no one's open for business. And at like, 8 a.m. the marching band comes fr- down from central campus and like marches through the campus and down to the football stadium and they just go like they went right by our house and down the streets and there's like a parade of people that are, like, <laughs> yep. following the marching band at 8 a.m. every Saturday morning <laughs> and that was just really cool to see like the drum line and everything and it was just like this huge like, yeah, like a parade every Saturday with like masses of people in the streets. That's awesome. 
That yeah, was cool. I, like you would live as your alarm clock. You wake up to the drum line playing the fight song. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we so we showed up at the football game like probably a couple hours earlier. We missed the drum line thing, but like everyone was telling about us and it was like it was it was crazy. Like like you said, everything's closed down, but just the liquor stores are open. So <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was uh it was definitely an experience and I like it. I would love to go back too. So but I mean that's probably not for a while, but that's all good. But uh but after you finish your um you know, going to Michigan, you know, were you, do you like just had some like empty space left after playing like collegiate sports? Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, I, so I stopped playing water polo after my freshman year. Um, I was just kind of like tired of being injured, you know, and mm -hmm. I burnt out. Um, but I still had like the athletic drive. So I tried playing rec sports. I tried, you know, like I just was always like, I'm always the person in rec sports. That's way too competitive for everyone else. <laughs> like, yep. I was like taking it way too seriously. And I yep. mean, Michigan was a great place to be for that because like even the recreational athletes take their sports seriously at Michigan. <laughs> so that was actually it, that like sort of, sort of filled the need for a little while. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as I got out of college, I was just like, what am I doing? What, mm -hmm. how, like, I don't, it was just a very big hole of something that I've always had. And I've always played team sports. Um, so that was a big missing piece for me that, um, I felt like I, you know, like I went into the gym and I'm like, okay, I know how to work out, but like, I'm bored. This is not fun. Yeah. I don't, you know, that working out and like playing sports was my social life. That's how I made friends. And that's how I bonded with people. And I just really wasn't connecting with people outside mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. Um, were you, were you the type of person that was like just on the elliptical and went running after, after like no. the, <laughs> No, <laughs> I, I mean, I did do, I did do running. I was a soccer player. So like once I, um, but I couldn't run for a really long time, um, with all the ankle injuries, mm -hmm. uh, actually the, my doctor told me that I would never run again for <laughs> of course, yeah, without, without pain. So, um, I definitely had to be careful with running and how much and in what way I ran, um, like, couldn't run on uneven ground for a long time. Like walking on the beach would wreck me. Um, and so, so things like that, um, couldn't do any like lateral cuts and turns. So like, I mean, I ran a little bit, but I mean, they, one of the cool things about being at Michigan was that they taught us how to lift weights, even mm -hmm. as water polo players. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I kind of knew how to lift weights and I kind of knew how to do certain things in the weight room. So I would do that and I would, you know, I would run or I would swim or I would, you know, um, I don't think I did a lot of biking, didn't ever get on a rower. Um, but yeah, I'd running, running was cool, I, but I didn't like the treadmill. The treadmill was boring. You know, you didn't go anywhere. So like I could run outside, but then for six months out of the year, it's freezing cold. I think yes. I ran. I did, yes. <laughs> I did that once I ran out. I like bought all of the gear to like go running in the snow. And I thought this was going to be like, so cool of an experience that I was like going to go run and it's going to be beautiful. And I ran one time in the snow and never again. <laughs> yeah. And it, and, and it gets, it gets like negative 10 degrees out over there too. Yeah. Yeah. It was nuts. It was nuts. It's like your ears hurt, like the inside of your ears hurt because <laughs> it's so cold yeah 
Yeah, that's that's the thing that gets me. If my ears get cold, like the tips of my ears, like it, it's, I'm like, I just get miserable, and it's it's like it, it's not a pleasant experience being around me if that happens. No, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm a California girl. I'm like, yeah. what is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, when you, uh, I was doing some research, and it said you started CrossFit in 2012. So, rough. 2010, actually. Oh, 2010. Okay. So, um, it, it said 2012 for some reason on the CrossFit yeah. main page, but anyway, whatever. But, um, how, how did you get in, how did you get involved with CrossFit? Like, what made you even like kind of lean towards that type of like fitness? Yeah. I, um, I actually was dragged into CrossFit <laughs> <laughs> reluctantly. Yep. Uh, I, I was in a regular gym and I, it was like pretty within like six months of graduating college. So I was back at home mm -hmm. and working and figuring out, I was like thinking I was going to go into the Peace Corps or do something like that. And, um, so I was, you know, applying for jobs and figuring that out. And, um, I was bored and walked into this gym and I was trying to do like the regular gym thing. And it had a CrossFit box inside of it. Okay. It like had like a, uh, like a chain link fence that separated the rest of the gym from I've, the CrossFit box. I've heard of that gym before. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I listened to that guy, the owner, um, on Barbell Shrugged. It was like way, way, way okay. back. I think he talked about it and it said, I don't know if it's, I don't know if this is the same one, but the wire, the barbed wire, like the fence that's around the CrossFit area, it says beware animals inside or something like that. Uh, like in the, Oh gosh, I don't remember that. I don't know if there is that. If it was, I didn't see it. <laughs> what was it? What, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to get it right, but it was like, was it like orange County? Like, I, gosh, I, it, this was like this, this, this podcast episode was like, I don't know, probably yeah. like nine, nine years ago. So it's been a long time, but I think, I think that's the same one that, I listened Maybe. to the owner. I was, it was Los, it's a uh, CrossFit Los Gatos. So it was in Los Gatos, California. Um, and it, yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's still there, I think. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it was really fun. It was just like one of those things where it was like, it clearly was like that. If there was a sign that said, beware animals inside, like I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was, it was like the regular gym and this gym had um, it, like, it had a really long prestigious history. Um, mm -hmm. There were a number of Olympians that trained in this gym, um, like hammer throwers and things like that. Um, and so I knew of it's like athletic history. Yep. Um, so I was like, okay, this is the gym that the athletes go to train. Um, and so I thought it would be more fun, but I like was bored within minutes and, then, <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, but I walked by and like, it was like staring through this chain link fence, watching all of these like crazy people do insane things. And I was like, okay, well, that looks really cool, but there's no way, like I have too many injuries. I'm tired of being hurt. I'm not an athlete anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't, I don't want that life. I don't want to, I don't want to be in pain anymore. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and the coach who was coaching the class caught me staring, <laughs> came, out and, came out and, you know, talked to me. And he, you know, like, as soon as I told him, I've like, you know, played water polo as an athlete, he's like, you have to try this. And I'm like, and no, no, like I've done <laughs> too many injuries, yep. you know, like I'm done being hurt. He promised me up and down that he wouldn't hurt me. Just come try a class. I think he gave me like six weeks free. He like, he, he just like kept trying to get me to come back again and again. And I yep. 
yeah, I mean, but that's been like every step of the way I started off like, all right, I'll do this. This is fun. And within like a year, all of my sports specific injuries from CrossFit and water polo were gone. I had just balanced out my body to the point where nothing hurt anymore. It was crazy. I was like, Mm -hmm. so I was sold real fast. Okay. I I could just picture you like against the fence, just like putting your hands up and just staring at like, what is going on here? Like, I don't, I don't get this. Like, what is this? And what's this cage doing around the whole gym? Like what's, what's this doing inside the gym? Yeah. But you know what the thing, like the thing that was attractive to me was like, I mean, a, they were doing way cooler shit than anybody in the regular gym was doing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but it like, it looked athletic to me, you know, it looked like something I was used to seeing. And then, um, but it had that team environment. You know, like when you're in a regular gym, nobody talks to each other and are they like, you feel like you're in a fishbowl. Everybody's looking at you, but nobody talks to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. And, like, and so it's, it was just like really uncomfortable, but in here, like everyone's talking to each other, everyone's encouraging each other and yelling at each other and it's mm-hmm. loud and it's kind of crazy. And you know, like, but it, it felt like a team environment. And I, I was like, oh, those are my people immediately. Yep. Like I know those people, you know, and yep. that felt like the place that I would belong, you know? Yeah. That was kind of the same with me. Cause like I was doing the typical bro splits in the gym and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I saw the movie 300 and I'm like, okay, like <laughs> I want to do the 300 workout. Cause those dudes are yoked. And so I was like, I'm in, and I was doing that in the global gym. And then after a while, like, um, I went to this CrossFit gym at the Air Force Base when I was in the military, and they're like, "Well, you do need to do a two-week on-ramp program. You need to sign up for it." And I'm like, "I'm like, what the hell is that?" And they're like, "Oh, it's like your basic skills and stuff like that." But they're looking at me. They're like, "Yeah, I think you might be okay. So just <laughs> let's just just follow follow along and just like you know, if you have any questions, just just." let me know. And it's so like, I, I had a friend of mine that wanted to was get just about to do the on-ramp program. And she saw, she saw me like working out there and she's like, how the hell did you skip the on-ramp program? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. They just, I just started working out and they just let me in. So I was like, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, so, um, after you like, you know, started becoming pain-free and, you know, loving the environment, when did you realize you were like, Hey, I- I'm getting really good at this. Like maybe I should pursue, you know, a little something like a little bit more kind of like the, on the professional side uh well <laughs> uh, i don't know that that realization came that smoothly it was uh i like i said i was very stubborn i was very committed to the fact that i was not an athlete anymore yeah <laughs> and, and um i I basically, you know, like, okay, I'm doing this, but I'm, I'm not going to compete everyone. All my friends were starting to jump into these like little local competitions. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm, yeah. I'm like, you know, <laughs> looking for a job. I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be hurt anymore. Like as soon yep. as you, you know, start competing, things are breaking down. And, um, and a couple of my friends had put together a team for a local competition. It was like a four person team, two guys and two girls. And they were like, like, we need one more girl, like one more girl, please be our fourth, you know, our fourth teammate. We need you. We really want to do this, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, 
I was like, okay, fine. Like just for fun, you know, like I'll help you out. Yeah. You know, I, I was like the only other girl in the gym that had like most of the basic skills, like, you know, snatch and pull up and mm-hmm. jerk and everything. I was strong from water polo. Um, and so I did, and they were like, oh, but yeah, we need you to get a muscle up. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I was, I was like, well, okay. Like I'll give it my best. So I like, it was like two weeks till the competition and oh, I'm just, like, trying to throw myself in the rings. I have like a couple of coaches helping me and I'm, I was staying late, putting in all this extra work. Like I'm going to get a muscle up. My team needs me, you know, like just that athlete mindset yep. kicked in of like, yep. my team needs me. I have to do this. And, uh, I, we got there and I didn't get a muscle up, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we got our asses handed to us. Like we just, we got destroyed. And I got in the car to go home and I, the whole way home, I just yelled at my boyfriend at the time. That's it. I'm, I'm competing for real. I'm getting a coach. I'm never going to lose like this again. Yep. I was so mad that we had lost. <laughs> that's, that's the athlete mentality. That's like yeah. the team athlete mentality. I, that's, I'm the same way too. Like that, that mentality, I used to get so pissed when we lose and I'm like, if yeah. I lose a workout now, I'm like still getting a little agitated, but you know, it's yeah, I, I could, I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. So I literally, I think within a week I had like, followed my original coach that brought me into CrossFit had gone and opened up his own gym. And so I, I called him up like within a week, it was like, okay, I want to compete. What do I have mm-hmm. to do? And he's mm-hmm. like, well, the open starts in like four weeks. Great. What's the open? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, um, so I know in 2012, you were on a team. So, um, how, like after like in that two year span, like, were you like, do you like in 2011 or something like that? Were you like, okay, I'm going to, I want to join a team or were you just like, I want to do individual. Like, how did that come about? No, it literally happened that fast. I think I started in 2010 and 2011 was my first year competing. Was that the year that Reebok? Bought, yeah. When right? they first, yeah. Bought, yeah. 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 That was 2011. Yeah. So that was, so that was my first year competing. I literally decided I was going to compete and hit the open one week later. And we qualified as a team to regionals. <laughs> and I mean, that's when you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have to have a muscle up to be a regionals athlete. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, I, that was, so 2011 was my first year um, competing on a team. And I competed 2011 and 2012 on a team. I went individual in 2013 Yep. and then team again in 2014. And then I hurt my shoulder at regionals and was out for the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. So what, what made you go, um, like obviously going team, then going individual. So did you learn a lot from the going, doing the team and then kind of did that transition over you to to go individual and like learn some things? Um, I think that going team was a really good starting out point for me. And I, I think I, um, I just was always interested, like team sports were my background. That was my Mm -hmm. thing. That was really what I always wanted to do. Um, 2013 was almost, 
it really was just that I didn't have, we didn't have like the athletes to field a serious team. Yep. Um, I really, I struggled a lot <laughs> again. Um, I struggled a lot with like being the most competitive person <laughs> on the team <laughs> and, and, you know, like I want to practice twice a day. People have to show up to practice. And, you know, my teammates were like, uh, we have lives, we have to work, we have kids, we have, you know, things. And I was like, but I want to win. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I, uh, yeah, I think I always struggle with that. So I tried the individual thing in 2013 um, and it was really stressful for me. It was like really hard. I did my own programming. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, as I, yeah, I programmed for myself, super stressful. Um, I didn't love the experience of being in competition alone. Mm-hmm. Um that was definitely a unique experience for me. And I had, I had a support system. I had friends and, you know, former teammates and they actually ended up, um, a couple of my former teammates found a couple more teammates. And so they fielded a regional team that year as well on the, in the team side of things. Um, so like I had people there for me, um, but yeah, it was not as much fun to go individual as, as I thought it was going to be. And so, um, yeah, there's like really no high fives. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, yeah. I remember being in that. Um, do you remember the hundreds workout at regionals that year? It was like a hundred wall ball, a hundred chest to bar, yes. hundred pistols, a hundred dumbbell snatches. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that was like a traumatic event for me. <laughs> <laughs> being in the middle of that workout, I remember it was like one in the afternoon. It's a hundred plus degrees out there. We're in like Santa Rosa and mm-hmm. like the cattle yards, <laughs> just dusty and burning hot. I had no water. I remember finishing the chest of bar and starting my pistols. And then I don't remember doing the pistols. Like I blacked out. There's, there's gone. And then I remember hitting the dumbbell snatches and my brain was just like, screw this. I hate CrossFit. I'm quitting. I'm literally walking off this floor right now and I'm never coming back. (laughs) (laughs) I like see my teammates at the end and they're like, come on, come on. They're like screaming at me. And I just like, I, you know, like I'm looking at them like, fine, I will do one more snatch and fine. I will do one more snatch. And then I'm leaving. I'm done. I'm going home. (laughs) I think I did like 36 snatches that way. <laughs> were, you, you, were you like picking it up to just drop it on the floor and just stand there and just then you just look at your look at the crowd and be like, okay, all right, I'll do another one. Yeah, was it was it like much. that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty much. That was, oh, that's I don't awesome. Think I've ever been to a place like that in a workout yeah. before or after that. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever been there there either, but I can I, I can't, I can't, I can't even imagine like what you were thinking throughout, especially at a regional event too. <laughs> yeah. Just like, this is, this is stupid. I was literally telling myself I was going to walk off the floor in the middle of the event. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, so after, after that regional, I don't know. I, so I, I looked, I looked at a lot of stuff on the CrossFit, like main page for like the athlete profile. So I don't know if this was a typo, but did you move to South Africa for a little while? I did. Okay. All right. I did, yeah. All right. So what, what was the reason why you moved down there? Like, like, was it just an adventure trip? 
Um, it was actually um, just one of those serendipitous things. Um, I had, um, I went to get my level two certification mm -hmm. and I had just left the job that I was working at and I was figuring out what I was going to do next. And I was getting my level two because I really wanted to go all in with my coaching career. Mm. Um, and so that was sort of the direction I was headed. And Pat Barber was one of the seminar staff. Okay. Ran my level two. Okay, and cool. His wife is South African. Um, and so he, I, I don't know, we just got chatting at one point and I was telling him that I wanted to compete and I love to travel and, you know, wanted to put a team together, but didn't really have one and, you know, wasn't sure what I was going to do. And he's like, Hey, I know this guy in South Africa that owns a gym that's trying to put a regional team together. I don't really know anything more than that, but I can connect <laughs> you if you want. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he put, he put us in, he put me in touch with this gym owner that was trying to put together a team for the season, um, and to have someone like come stay with them and coach at his gym. Um, and within a month I was packing up and heading out to South Africa. That's, that's great. That's awesome. Like I, I'm yeah. jealous. Like I, I mean, if, when I was younger, I really didn't have the guts to kind of like move out, like even join the military. Like I was I like, I was literally like sitting in the bathroom before I signed the papers. I'm like, is this really, really what I, what I want to do? Is this like, yeah. I want to go all over the place. Like, I don't know. I, I don't even know what I'm going to do in like, like six days, let alone like six years. But yeah. yeah. So when you got there, what was, what was it like? Obviously it's like a whole like different type of culture over there. So what did, what did you learn from being over there? Oh man. So many things. Um, that, that really was a life-changing experience. It was, um, really incredible being there. It's a beautiful country. Mm -hmm. Um, really beautiful. The, I, I definitely have, you know, made some lifelong friends and, and have had some really unique experiences there. The, it, it reminded me a lot of Santa Cruz, uh, which is where I live. Um, in the sense that, you know, it's like mountains and beach and yep. kind of has that vibe going on, um, in terms of its landscape. But I mean, unique flora and fauna, unique animals. There were like, I got off, I left the airport and driving from the airport into town, we saw zebras. That's <laughs> insane. That is so crazy. Airport. Yeah, and that's like, awesome. <laughs> that was really cool. Um, and you just, you, then you just got used to it. Like I was there for six months and you just like, okay, there's zebras around here. And <laughs> um, were they friendly at least? Yeah. I mean, it didn't really go in there, just like pet them, but, but yeah, they seemed friendly. <laughs> I think you can, I think there's hiking trails through there, but, um, but yeah, I, it's a really, really different culture. Yeah. Um, and it was, I definitely experienced some culture shock that like, that was probably the first place that I really had that happen. I, I traveled a lot as being younger, um, my mom was the flight attendant. So we did a lot of traveling. Oh, that's cool. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I spent a couple summers in South America and, you know, so I considered myself pretty well-traveled. Um, but South Africa was so different. Um, it just, I, I guess it's like, um, 
it looks like any place in the US on first sight, but they're only like a few decades out of apartheid. And so the economic tension and racial tension there is like very real and very apparent and very like upfront and center in your face. Yep. Um, and it's like, and it's not like here in the US or at least like, I don't know if this is a California thing or an American thing, but we are so all about being politically correct that we, you know, like <laughs> yeah. there's certain things that you just don't talk about or you have yep. to like tread lightly around. South Africans are not like that. They are blunt and straightforward and they will talk about anything and they will just say it right to your face, how it is. And, and at first I found that really aggressive. I was like, why is everyone yelling at me all the mm -hmm. time? Everyone's mad at me. <laughs> and then I had to like, figure out like, no, this is just how they are. This is just like the culture. And they're just very straightforward. And I learned to like, really appreciate that, that like, you know, people are just going to tell you what they think. Yeah. There's no game playing. There's no, um, you know, if they don't like you, they're going to tell you that they don't like you if they, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, or that they have a problem and then you talk about it and you work it out. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, um, I really appreciated that. Yeah. So yeah. I've, I've actually heard, um, I actually interviewed another South, South African he's actually another diabetic of a friend of mine. Um, oh. so I've heard that their coffee is like the best compared to American coffee. Yes. I got way too hooked on coffee and in Cape town. So Cape town was where I stayed in South Africa in Cape town. Coffee is like, um, it's like a social activity mm -hmm. and it's, um, it's almost like they, you had, they have tourist books that they give you. You can do like, instead of bar hopping, you can like coffee shop hop. <laughs> That's awesome. It's like, there's literally a coffee shop at least one on every single block all mm -hmm. over the city, sometimes two, but you could just every single block, try a new coffee shop. And they're all little unique one-off shops. There's, there's no chains. There's no, you know, any of that. And it's, they're all, it's really cool. Yeah. So it was just every, um, every morning, every afternoon between training sessions, we were constantly just going to get coffee. That's like the thing that you did and it's all espresso. Um, yep. They have so many other kinds of coffee than you get in the US. Like, there's just so many more options. I had to learn a whole new vocabulary for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and I, I am someone who's very sensitive to caffeine, so I had to be really careful, but it was <laughs> like half a sip and you're like, okay, I'm good. That will save, yeah. I'll, I'll save it for right. the next session. So yeah, I had to get like the, the flat whites where it's like this much coffee and that much milk. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, after your stint, what was the reason why you actually moved back to the United States from South Africa? Uh, well, I only had a six month visa. Oh, you okay. Got, okay. You got a nine, you got a 90 day visa and you could extend it once. And then my time was up and I had to go home. Okay. So I had just enough time to like get through a season and oh. then that was it. Okay. Okay. So, um, when you came back home, um, what was your training like, like throughout, like right when you got time, when you got back home, because obviously like, you know, the time zone changes and everything, it took a little while to get back to normal, especially being there for six months. Like how was your training when you get back, when you got back? Um, it was pretty good. I think I, I mean, well, no, Oh no. I remember 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I, okay. So on the way there, it took me about two weeks to feel like a normal human being mm-hmm. after I got there Two 11 hour flights. I, when I finished those flights and arrived in South Africa, it was like the worst travel experience I'd ever had. Just my body, everything was cramping. My body hurt. I was so exhausted. I thought to myself that I cannot go home. I can't do that again. I'm not going to make it home. And so I, I did. I mean, like I ended up going back home through Spain. I stopped in Spain for the regional event there. And so I split it up, but I got home and immediately after getting home, within a week, it was like that weekend, a friend of mine's like, Hey, this local competition's coming up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I jumped straight into a competition. It was like this one day competition with three or four events, but I was delirious. It was like two in the morning, my time, you know, on South African time, I was jet lagged and exhausted. And it was, it was an experience for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's crazy. So um, you've you've actually done both regionals and semifinals. Um, so which ones did you think that are, are better? Oh, um, ooh, that's a hard question. Um, well, regionals was fun. I haven't done so. I haven't done regionals as an individual athlete, and I haven't done semifinals as a team as athlete. a team okay so yeah maybe that's it makes a difference a little bit um the thing that i liked about regionals was that it, it just seemed like a bigger event like more of the community got into it mm-hmm. um there were tons of vendors and tons of spectators and it just seemed like um I don't know. And more people showed up for it. Um, it supported you and it was, it was local enough. You know, you were always within your own geography. So you had your crew of people, like people would drive or fly. They would like so many more people would make the trip to like be in your corner. Yeah. Then we get at semifinals that that was a really cool part of the experience. Um, semifinals I felt like the like there's not really at least at the semifinals I've been slotted into um it is a really professionally run event um I've only competed at the MAC both times so same event um but I really appreciate their team puts on a really professional event um and that's something that I appreciate like they're never running late the communication is always really good um you feel like an, an athlete. You feel like you're be, being treated like you're someone who's doing this professionally. Yep. Um, which is which is very cool. I appreciate that. I appreciate that um, they take that into consideration. Um, and uh, but but like the vendor experience is kind of not there. There's there's not nearly as many vendors as I remember there being at the regional experience. Um, you know, my friends and family really aren't able to come. It's, you know, I'm flying across the country and, yeah. um, on Memorial day weekend, which is crazy expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you, so do you think that they should have like put you in the kind of closer to the region that they're doing the combat instead of you going to Knoxville, like for the past two years? 
to be honest, um, I mean, I think this is just the way the sport has to go. Mm-hmm. I just think this is how it grows. You know, if you're going to be a professional sport, athletes get slotted into wherever they get slotted into based on their rankings, based on, you know, where the events are. Yes, I do think it would have been nice to have an event in the Western United States <laughs> last year. That would have been nice or this year. Um, just to kind of like have an option to be closer to home. But honestly, like, they could have slotted me anywhere. Um, and you know, like that's, you know, that's the way the sport is You get sent where you get sent based on your rankings. So I'm, I would be more concerned. Um, I am more concerned that making sure the seating process is fair and transparent and, you know, knowing that I got put in a spot that was right. Given where I, you know, stacked up on the leaderboard. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I, and I don't mind traveling. I like going to new places. That's cool. Um, actually I really had fun with the sanctional system. I thought that was really cool. Crazy expensive. Yes. Um, but like we went to Brazil, we went to France, like I got to travel and get that like travel bug fix in me and play CrossFit at the Mm -hmm. same time. That's awesome. That was just really cool. I loved that. You know, like, honestly, I wouldn't even care if they wanted, if they wanted to just like not have regions and just send me somewhere else in the world, I'd be totally fine with that. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, that works. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, like you said, you did the Mac twice. So, um, obviously Knoxville is like a completely different area compared to California, but, um, what were your thoughts at the Mac? Like, obviously you said they're pretty well run. They're very professional. Um, you know, obviously like you, you've been working with a bunch of like, you know, been training really hard and stuff like that. So like, do you think that like the Mac kind of was like in your kind of wheelhouse for the programming for this year? Um, I wouldn't say it was in my wheelhouse. Um, I mean, I'm working really hard not to have like a really strong wheelhouse or really apparent wheelhouse versus weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked a lot of the workouts. I thought they were fun. There were a couple that scared me, you know, and that's, that's a good thing. (laughs) You know, they, they should have that. Um, but yeah, I thought, um, like, I do think they have a tendency to the Mac and the syndicate, the the programming team there seems to have a tendency towards really liking the machines. Yeah. The Um, sled. Yeah. That thing's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the torque tank is a weird one. Yeah, That one, I kind of like, yeah, it, that not a huge fan of the torque. I like sleds in general, but I get where they're coming from. You know, they're trying to make it a level playing field. And I don't think the sled was meant to be a, like, it's not an element of the workout that you're meant to pass people or get a competitive advantage. It's just meant to hurt you going into the other movements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, that one was a little bit silly. Like I, I, like I knew going into that event that, you know, I was going to take my time on the sled. And as long as I didn't stop, I didn't really have to worry about where anyone else, that was like my time to like look around and see where everyone else was. And yeah, I didn't really have to stress about somebody passing me or trying to pass someone else. Cause that's not really not, not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so, um, so this is actually Xander's uh, question. Xander Falix, uh, my okay. my coworker, my my uh, my uh, other guy from the news team, the Touch and Go Gang. But uh, since you're now a Masters athlete, how is it trying to make uh, make it to the games in the elite division? Yeah. Um, well, I will tell you. There's been a lot of joking about this <laughs> um, because that that was like the big storyline this year was, you know, that I was a master's athlete. Um, and honestly, I never really thought of myself as a master's athlete. Um, I didn't really think I was old until everyone made a big deal out of it. Of course. Well, I mean, they, they, uh, of course, everyone, they have to make a story out of something. Totally. And so of course they're going to say, Oh, the master's athlete, you know, it's right. yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. I actually called my coach, uh, after what was it? Is either actually the after quarterfinals, maybe? I think it was after quarterfinals. And I was like, hey, I got an email that says I qualified for semifinals as a master's athlete. Am I allowed to do both? <laughs> like, I just really didn't think. And he's like, I thought you wanted to go individual. And I was like, well, yeah, I do. I just didn't like, I didn't realize that I was a master's athlete. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's and awesome. So, like, I just did, hadn't considered that that was even an option. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but I will say, like, I don't know if this is me or if this is my age. Um, but any, anyone who knows me, like anyone who's been on my team or trained with me, they all grumble about how long my warmups take me. <laughs> and like, I spent a lot of time warming up. I spend a you lot of time. Yeah. I spent a lot of time on my recovery. I spend a lot of time, um, doing like, I write, I write my own warmups and I write my own. I do like a lot of prehab corrective exercise things. Um, and I think part of that is just me. Like I have a history of injury and I don't want to be hurt anymore. And mm -hmm. so I'm, if I'm going to compete in this sport, I'm going to do everything I can to sell my, set myself up for longevity and to not be injured and to play as long as I can. So, um, I spend a lot of time making sure that I take care of my body, you know, warming up and cooling down and doing managing stress levels and getting good sleep. And, um, I think I'm just extra meticulous about it. I spend a lot more time on it than most people are willing to. Um, mm. so that's probably helped me. Um, yeah, but, but I, um, I guess, I guess that's, that's the extent of how I feel about being a master's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So, um, yeah, so I know you were pretty close of actually making it to the games, but you were actually landed that for this year and you actually landed in the last chance qualifier. Um, you know, what were your thoughts after they like announced all the names and then like they, you found out that you were going to the last chance qualifier? Um, oh, do you feel, I did often, you feel gutted? Yeah. I, I didn't really think about the last chance qualifier, to be honest. It, it was, I, it, it didn't really register that I had another shot until much later. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my first thought was just, you know, like I, I didn't do it, you know, I didn't, didn't make it and we failed and, um, you know, all of those feelings of like, I was so close. I had it, it was in my hands and I let it go. Um, and I, 
Yeah. I mean, it, it was a good fight though. Like there's, there's a, you know, at the same time, you have to appreciate a good fight, you know, like yes. it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, I got hammered and like totally fell, fell out of the running because, you know, like it was a really tight race. It was a really good fight. It came all the way down to the wire. It was exciting, you know, and there were some really good athletes that I was going up against and you have mm -hmm. to respect that and you have to appreciate that and like appreciate the moments that that gives you, whether you come out on the winning or the losing side, like yep. that's, that's really one of those epic events that I'll remember forever. You know, I didn't come out on the side of it that I wanted to on the leaderboard, but that's sports. That's, you know, <laughs> it, it happens. Yeah. It happens. Someone has to win and someone has to lose. And like it, I think it's cool knowing that, you know, the three of us that were in that, you know, tight points race, like we, we all fought as hard as we could and we all gave it everything that we have. And I did everything that I could do in that last event. And, you know, it wasn't enough, but someone else earned it. And I think it was, it, it was a cool experience. Yeah. You, I mean, I was watching it. You got, it was so close. Like I was, yeah. especially like, <laughs> I, I got to root for my fellow misfits. So obviously like, I was rooting for you to like actually make it in. Thank so <laughs> I, I was, I was cheering for you, but, um, yeah. I also, um, I, when I was doing some other when I was doing some more research on you, I, I, I saw something pretty funny. Um, I was looking at your levels okay. that, you, that you had on the, on the main page. So you're a 10 on the elite level. But then when you go to the 35 to 39 division, I don't know if it was a typo, but you, they have you as an eight. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I'm like, how is that possible? And like, she's a 10 in the elite, but she's an eight in the 35 to 39 division. Like, I don't, like, I don't get that whatsoever. You know what? I haven't even looked at my levels. So. Well, I mean, I, I know you probably, I know you probably didn't, but I was just like, yeah. I like to do some prep, like when I'm that doing the podcast, amazing. but I was like laughing. I'm like, this, this can't be, this can't be right. That's 35 right. to 39 division is pretty competitive. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's really I've, competitive. I've seen I don't it. Know. I mean, yeah, maybe the field's smaller and yeah, but I, but you're a 10 in the elite division. It does that make is, sense. That is funny. But, uh, <laughs> Also, um, this is another Xander question. Um, right. so okay. obviously, um, you're, you're a misfit athletics athlete. Um, how, before that, like before the question, how long have you been doing misfit? Uh, well, technically I guess I've been on some kind of misfit programming since 2018. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. End of 2017, early 2018. Okay. And, um, you're being coached by Hunter, Hunter Woods. Yeah. Hunter. Yeah. Hunter Wood. Um, what are the things that he has done to make you a better athlete inside and out? Um, I think, so I've only been working with Hunter for since last October. Mm -hmm. Um, I was on the, just the MFT programming for most of the time. And then some of the time I had a uh, West Pyatt coached us the first year, but he was, um, running off of misfit programming as well. For the most part, he was getting programming from, I forget which, who he was, but one of the misfit coaches. Um, so Hunter, yeah, but Hunter and I have only been working together for less than a year. Um, and 
one of the things that I told Hunter in our like initial phone call together of, you know, what are your goals and what do you want to do for the season? Um, you know, and I said, like, I want to go to the games. That's my big goal. But honestly, if I do nothing else this year, like, like the games is you, I have no control over that. I can do the best that I can, but you, I can't really control where I land on the leaderboard. That's not something that, you know, how other people do. Um, if I do nothing else this year, I want to not suck at the machines. (laughs) And that was like, if you can do that for me, (laughs) then we win. You know, like I will consider that like the biggest win of my career because I've been trying for a decade. (laughs) You you must love the bitch work then. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, so I was one of those athletes for the last couple of years, you know, I've been doing MFT and I choose the bitch work piece every single time, whether it's optional or not, if it has a machine in it, I do it. You know, that's like, I've, I've known this is a weakness for a long time. And I thought I was spending a lot of time trying to fix it. And Hunter immediately tripled the amount of time (laughs) I spent on the machine. (laughs) I went, oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) And so, yeah, there were um, no rest days anymore. All of my rest days were like zone two math sessions. And um, yeah, I just lived on the machines for the entire, for the entirety of the last year. And, um, that was, that was honestly, that was the biggest success of my season. That's something that like, we finished the long event on day two. Um, and I took a fourth place. It It was my best event finish of the weekend so far. And I finished that long event and was like, I'm good. I did what I came here to do. Yep. We're done. Yep. I win. Mike drop. Mike drop. Now you got to get good at the torque tank. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so why, why, why do you, why do you like misses? Like what drew you to actually following the misfit program? Um, I really like, um, I really like that it gives you the option to choose your own path and they give you so much contact context around what they're doing and why they're doing it and where you're headed and where you're coming from that like um like I, I mentioned that I you know I used to do my own programming as a competitor and I'm a coach um it's you know something another part of my life that I'm really passionate about um and I'm just one of those um I'm a pretty cerebral athlete. I like data. I like to understand, you know, um, I want to see the numbers. I want to, I need to understand my programming Mm -hmm. in order to buy into it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I feel like they just never had a problem convincing me that they knew what they were doing and they were putting as much effort into making sure that their athletes are doing the right things as I was into making sure that I do them well, you know? And so that's like, that just gives me a lot of confidence. It gave me a lot of, um, information to when I didn't have a personal coach to choose my own path and to feel like I could direct myself really well. Um, yeah, I, I think that's definitely the big thing with them. The other thing that Hunter did for me, 
Um, that being said, is that as much context as that they give me, I, and you know, I did pretty well following the MFT myself, mm -hmm. but when it comes to like gearing up for competition, I get really stressy. Um, like the individual game is so different than being on a team. There's so much more noise in your head. Um, teammates kind of drown out the noise. You sort of balance each other out and check each other's stress levels. Yep. Um, and when you're an individual, it's just an echo chamber <laughs> of noise. And um, he, he does a really good job of balancing me out. I, um, Hunter has like a, he's, I think I would say he was, he's a little bit more of an introvert and he has like this quiet, straightforward presence, um, similar to like South Africa vibe, right? Like yep. he's just going to tell you how it is. Um, and I leading up to competition, I get really stressy and, you know, like my body's hurting. Is it okay that it hurts? Should I pull back? Should I push through it? Like, you know, they just, mm -hmm. I all of the questions and the doubts, like, am I prepared? That didn't feel good. Does that mean that I'm not good enough at this? Did I work on this skill enough? Did I, you know? Um, and so I'll, he's really good at being responsive when I like message him and say like, here's how I'm Ch feeling. What's chill out. Good? Yeah. Chill yeah. out. Relax. Yeah, he'll just yeah. be like, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then in competition, um, I go really high. Like I'm not one of those people that needs pre-workouts or caffeine pills or anything to amp me up. I almost need to be calmed down. Like I go so high, so fast that I'm like shaking in the warm-up area and like, like the adrenaline rush is real for me. And I usually, I have this look on my face that everyone says is super scary. I look angry. No one wants to talk to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I just like get really, really zoned in. Um, and he does a really good job of like, just giving me like only the words that I need to hear. He doesn't try and like pump me up or anything. Cause I don't need that, yep. <laughs> uh, you know? Um, so he does a really good job of like balancing me, like letting me have my intensity and not trying to take me out of that space. Um, you know, some athletes do well with like joking around and lightening things up. I will joking will not go well with me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like way too serious of a competitor for that. And so like, I, I just, it, it will just like go right over my head. Um, so like, you know, but he doesn't, he doesn't try to like go into that, I guess. Um, how do I say that? Maybe he's, maybe he does. Maybe he steps into that zone with me and is like, very serious and very straightforward, but like at a level of calm that helps me, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. uh, that has been really, really valuable. Okay. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, cause like, obviously I listened to him on the podcast and he's like, kind of like straight. Yeah. Like he's like, sorry <laughs> to the point. So yeah, it's, I, I, I like hearing that he he's like that in real, real life too. So, um, so recently you actually, um, we're getting close to the end, but, uh, recently you were actually training with Dave Castro. So what, what is Dave Castro like? <laughs> Dave is awesome. He, um, I, he's just a really great human being. He cares so much about CrossFit, the sport, CrossFit, the affiliates, the athletes, the people, like you can just tell he's 
100% invested and, um, and, and not just like at a cerebral level, he truly cares. Um, you know, I think he's like, I don't know that everyone gets to see that. Um, you know, I think he's again, a little, little introverted. Like he keeps to himself. He doesn't share with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you're around him long enough and like, he really cares about, you know, the athletes and the affiliates and everyone involved in the CrossFit community. And I think that's really cool. I, I always have like, Dave's, Dave's another one of those people. Like, I like having these people in my life. Dave's one of those people. He's going to tell you how it is. You know, if he doesn't like something, he's going to tell you, I think, you know, um, he's just super straightforward. Um, and you, but there's like a lot of trust and confidence that comes with that. Like, you know, that he's going to do what he believes is in the best interest of the community and the sport, regardless of whether it's the popular decision or not, you know, and sometimes it might be right. And sometimes it might be wrong, but you know, that he's trying to make the best call for the betterment of everyone. It's never a selfish call on his part, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's, yeah, that's, it's fun working with Dave. Plus it's just crazy. Like Dave, just his mind jumps so fast. You can just tell like his mind is working in overtime and he just moves from one thing to the next so fast. And it's so fly by the seat. It feels sometimes as the athlete that's doing what he's saying, like fly by the seat of his pants. Like he just pulls stuff out of random places. (laughs) No, like he's connecting it all. He has this like giant web that makes sense in his mind. And, um, you know, like but it's, it's a cool creative process to be a part of, um, this weekend at the ranch, I was just doing, uh, I set a time to beat for a challenge that he wants to host doing the 2020, um, corn sack hill sprint. And then I ran Nancy and, um, but it, it was cool. Like being, when I did the games testing for him last year, um, you know, he'd be like, run like one, do one round of this. And then, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes from there, but like, just do a round. And like in my head, I'm like, okay, I've done this enough time for you, Dave. Like I'm doing four rounds (laughs) (laughs) and sure enough, like you finish the one round. He's like, actually do three more rounds. Keep going. (laughs) He he must like messing with people's heads like once in a while. So yeah, I, he just, he, he's like, things are coming together and he's watching him and he has a plan. And if he sees what he likes, like, okay, keep going. If he doesn't like, okay, stop, you know, mm. it's just like a super creative process. And it's really cool to be part of. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, <laughs> we're getting to the end. So, um, I have some like, kind of like, uh, they're not really, I call them rapid fire questions, but they're really not right. rapid fire. Um, so, um, do you have any goals, uh, for the rest of the year? It could be like personal fitness, like any, any goals that you have. Uh, yeah. I mean, personal goal. Um, my husband is Canadian and he just moved in December, right before the season started, um, moved to California. So we like just got our first place together. Oh, cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and like immediately bought a puppy and then the open started. And so, yeah, my goal for the next couple of months is just kind of like settling into life together a little mm-hmm. bit. Like we hit the ground at full speed. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, so like finding, you know, some normalcy and, you know, like a, a rhythm to our life. Um, 
that's, that's a personal goal for now. Um, yeah. And CrossFit goals, I'm still figuring that out. I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely going to be goals. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of still in the space now where I'm just letting myself have some downtime and enjoying what I'm doing. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, so what is your favorite book? It could be like fictional, non-fictional. It could be anything. Oh gosh. You're looking at your library right now. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) That is a really hard question. Um, Mm. I read a lot of books. That's good. Cause I, I have, I've had some people <laughs> that like don't read books at all. So yeah, I, I, ooh, I don't know if I can choose a favorite. Okay. So what, what's the late, <laughs> okay. All right, we'll do this. What's the latest book that you've read? Um, okay. The one that I am reading now, oh shoot, I just lost the name of it. What's it called? Mm. The, oh, mind gym um it's the one I'm reading now it's an old book I've read it before okay um and it's it's like mindset athletes um yeah mindset training for athletes okay okay all right awesome it's a good read okay all right I definitely have to write that down too so um next question what is in your gym bag everything I'm one of those people that comes prepared for anything. <laughs> are, are you are you one of those people that are like you see something new on the market and you're like, ooh, I might want to try this out and just and hold on to it? Mm, no, no, not really. Um, I have a lot of wrist wraps. Uh, I have a lot of thumb tape. I have, you know, the the knee sleeves, the lifters, the um, oh, the what's the supernova is my favorite mobility tool. Oh, the ball. The okay. All with the, yeah, with the ridges and stuff. Um, from, was it mobility wads that makes it? Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, those are knee sleeve lifters, wrist wraps. I have, you know, pair of clips, uh, voodoo bands, all the hair ties and nail clippers and things that you might need for like hand tears or grips, gymnastics grips. Um, yeah. Bands of varying kinds, but, but yeah, that's most of it. Okay. All right. All right, cool. So, um, we're getting, this one's a very, very deep one. So, all right. (laughs) So, um, let's just say you're, this is your last day on earth. You're, you're on your bed and all your friends are surrounded, uh, surrounding your bed. How do you want people to know you as? Oh, um, I think I want people to know me as somebody who truly cared about the people around them. Um, and was passionate about making people better and holding people to a high standard and, you know, showing people that they're capable of more than they think they are. Um, I think that's probably my mission in life as a coach, as an athlete, um, is to make people better, healthier, stronger, more capable, more confident. Um, 
And I think, I think I'd like that. I would like that to, to be my legacy to, you know, live that and demonstrate that through my actions and not just my words. Okay. Awesome. I love that one. That's a good one. Awesome. Um, okay. Last one. So where can people reach out to you if they have any questions? Uh, I'm on Instagram. I am Kelly Clark. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really where I'm at. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, thank you for letting me take the time to talk to you. And actually I had to reschedule cause we just like, speaking about you buying a house. We just bought a new house too. So yeah, congratulations. Um, yeah. It's oh, God, it's been a, a nightmare, but anyway, but, uh, but I, I, I'm really grateful to learn about a fellow misfit and like your CrossFit experience to being a world traveler. Like I didn't know that. I didn't even know you were in Michigan. Uh, you're with, you went to Michigan. Yeah. So that was awesome. <laughs> well, well, thank you for your time and we'll, uh, we'll talk later. Yeah, it was really great talking to you. Thanks a lot. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much for